Businessman, I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man. Okay. And to my left is my illustrious co-host, as always. Hey, y'all! It's your girl Ali Nicole, aka your favorite little shit talker, aka that redhead, ball-headed badass, <laughs> aka that hard-headed little baby, aka your favorite auntie. Oh, we're gonna get to oh, oh <laughs> we're gonna get to talk, the auntie talk because. Y'all niggas and wildin'. Y'all niggas when did auntie become an insult? Y'all niggas and got here on Al Gore's internet. Beyonce's time, and just said a bunch of fuckery and foolishness because I feel like y'all just I feel like people are bored at this point, and it's, it's like it's after Memorial Day. The the, the, the cookouts have flowed up. The wet global warming fucked up the weather. It could be eighty degrees, sixty degrees, raining, rain all week. Like, and look at this board. I thought we broke cabin fever at like or like late March, early May. I and thought nigga, we broke it. Niggas just bored. They just they need something to complain about. So now we're complaining about being called an auntie. I, a, I really want to know where that stemmed from. Like, where did it start? Because all I know is that my freaking timeline was in shambles because everybody's upset about being called an auntie. And I'm like, that never had a negative connotation. Well, um, so, A, I think patient zero was Ava DuVernay. Did I pronounce her last name right? Yes. You know, because if I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it right. Okay. And she was on, she was doing some interview promoting uh, One Day Theus, and we'll talk about why I haven't seen that. I also have not watched it. Um, yet. Well, yet. I'm going to watch it. Yet. I got to find, I got to, like, find, I got to be in the right mindset. I am not, we'll get there. But, doing the press run, I think she mentions, and I, I only see clips, I don't watch a full interview, because, again, I got actual work to do this week, like, I can't just be. Right. Yeah. And she talks about how, she hates being called an auntie because she feels like it desexualizes her. And that it takes the kind of takes away her sexuality, kind of forces her into this kind of role. And then she brought up like Aunt Jemima and kind of how that the content the connotation of like the Aunt Jemima and that whole situation. And okay. that kind of led to the conversation. So I'm gonna be real. I think sometimes we're too woke for our own good. Mm-hmm. And I think auntie was never ever not a term of endearment. Especially when you think about the roles, okay, if the, all right, let's think about denotations versus connotations, okay? Right. The denotation of an aunt is your mother or father's sibling. Right, sister. Sister. Yeah. Right? That has taken, the, honestly, the aunts of my life have acted as second parents when I've known Oh, yeah, them. shout, like, shout out to my aunt Ruth, my aunt Jeanette. Like, okay. You know what they I'm saying? understand like, my parents in a way that I never will. Right, because they, they literally were with them when they were born or close to it, because that's like, they, right. give, they, if they give a behind-the-scenes look into why your mama or your daddy act like Be that. Be tripping, right? So, or, okay, for instance, like, all of my aunties are, like, great aunts because my mother only has a brother. Right. And then my father's siblings are past. Right. I've never, I've, I don't have a relationship with them. Right. So, the siblings, that I, the aunts that I have are great aunts. So, I'm at my great aunt Lib's house or my great aunt, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That's my great sim- aunt's Yeah, house. similar. But and we just like, call them aunties. They're my aunties because they take, that's the role that they've known my mother since she was a girl, since she was a baby. Mm-hmm. They understand her better than I will. 
So, or in a different light or a different lens. So, Auntie Rose are, are very special. So, to, and I am, am an auntie. And so, so in, I've in, never in understood the, why that's a negative pure, In the pure dictionary definition of auntie, it's nowhere near offensive. Now, even we take it to the connotation that we have, that we as black people and black culture have kind of moved it into, still not negative. You, we call Tracy Tracy Ellis Ross an auntie, and she is everything. And I think there are different lenses to view auntie through. Right. Tracy Ellis Ross is the rich aunt who's single. She ain't got no kids. She travels. And she, she showed what a new she, she showed with a new nigga like every two years. Like that's always like ten years younger than she is. Yeah. And then you have like your Oprah aunties or your Gail King. You first and foremost, there's a certain level of success that you have to achieve in order to be called auntie. We not calling everybody auntie. First, just we were just old black women. Everybody not an auntie. First and foremost. First of all. Secondly, whenever it's said from a, at least speaking for myself and the people I know, whenever a black man calls you an auntie, it's never out. It's never no shade. Hey, auntie. It's never no shade. It could be. It's never no. It's never shade involved when a black man calls you auntie. Never. Only time I would say it even possibly could be shade is when another black woman calls you auntie. And that may be because of some age-related shit. And I think that's honestly, like, and I'm not trying to be funny, that's none of my business. Like, the fact that you're subconscious about your age and me giving you a title of a term of endearment, it means that you, ain't got, ain't got that you ain't got nothing to do with me. Like, like it's, it's similar. I know what I meant by what I said. It, it, it's similar to, because when we talked about how certain women hate being called queen because they feel like niggas act a shade, you know, like, feel like I call you queen for some bullshit is following up. But it's like, that's your insecurity. My your insecurity is not my responsibility. It's actually, you know, what is crazy is that like, it, it made me think about like the whole virgin whore dichotomy. Right. Like, why do you give so much of a fuck about that? Like, why? And my, and I don't know where, as like, especially black people, where we get so offended by aging. Like that lets me know that there's some because, wisdom there. That's because not a lot of us there. do it. And that's let me know that some of y'all are just getting old. You're not maturing. Because I'm approaching my auntie age. I don't want to be the fine cousin. Like, bro, I'm, I'm growing out of being the fine cousin at the function or the little sis. I'm now starting to become the big bro or big sis or the auntie or somebody who's got enough wisdom and respect and life about them who can actually offer sustainable advice. And also, the main, the main what I saw was that it desexualized. The, the people were mad because they felt like it took their sexuality away from them. One, y'all gotta make up y'all minds. Do y'all give a fuck about what niggas say or not? <laughs> it's a, honestly, it depends on the situation and who that nigga is to me in proximity. But like, there are some men whose opinions are going to matter to me, and that's okay. We're talking, but here's the we're talking like, and I understand you want to break away from using male attention as currency. I get it, I get it, because because do it for yourself. Don't CBG. do it for these niggas. Niggas never notice. I, I get it. TBQH, and this is just me, and I only speak for Alex, as we know. But there depends on the in the setting. I was just talking to my roommate the other day, like I want to go look at boys. Sometimes male attention is the currency I want in that time. Not that it makes or breaks who I am as a woman. Right. I, there have been plenty of nights where I've gone out and gotten no male attention and had a ball. There are plenty of nights where I've gotten the most male attention and was miserable. That because night. you didn't. That wasn't what you came. That's here what for. I what I came here it, for. But I think I, we have to be honest with self. Everybody wants to feel wanted. Everybody wants to feel attractive. Everybody wants that attention from whatever sex or they're attracted to. And that's so, why I get mad. I get mad, and I I, I was I was. 
I was eating dinner with someone yesterday, and we kind of had this discussion. But I'm, I get mad, not necessarily because you disagree with me. And that's, this is general, not because anyone disagrees with me. Disagreements are a part of life. As long as we can talk respectfully, I'm, it's no sweat off my back. I disagree when you lie to my face or when you piss on me and tell me it's raining. So when, when I mention, hey, I think sometimes people do X, Y, and Z for, for, for the male gaze, and I get called all sorts of misogynistic, all sorts of sexless, all sorts of t- phrases because of that. But then you turn around and tell me that the word auntie desexualizes you and you're not here for that. Or, or Aisha Curry says, like, hey, it'd be nice to get some more attention from other than my husband. And I'm just looking like, like, what? Like, like it can't. I just wish people were honest. If you're honest with me, I can accept it. Like, hey, sometimes it's nice and it's nice to know that niggas see, like, see it. I don't necessarily need, need niggas to see it all the time. And then if you do see it, see it respectfully. But that's the other part. I, I, what I really want men to get into these days, you can validate a woman and still leave her the fuck alone. Tell oh, her no, she listen. looks pretty. And then walk the fuck and away. And walk the fuck away. And if you leave and her if, alone. Hey, free game. It'll fuck her head up so much because niggas ain't used to that. Eight times a ten, she'll come back. She'll, she'll find you. I, I remember in that I was in Nashville. I was like, hey, I just want to let you know, I really fuck, I really fuck with your outfit this tonight. You killing that shit. So let you know that. Walked away. Hour or so later, she made sure to come find me. Yeah, I'm gonna throw this ass on you. I want to dance. Like because I respect, <laughs> I respect your agency. I let you know. I see yeah, you. Yeah, I just want, move. I, just, I don't. I don't. I don't respect my dance. favorite compliments are you smell good because you got close. You were close enough. You sm- okay? And I walked away. That walk away breeze is a motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I see you. That pass away. by air will do something to you. I see you, and then it's free game. So like, people have to stop doing things for the expectation of others. Now, also, there's some people who dress like an auntie. There's some niggas who dress like the uncle. I need you to understand <laughs> that it's okay. Niggas after 30 have a linen suit. Like, it just appears on your 30th birthday. And, uh, and, and with the grill sandals. Like, you know, with the open toe sandals, it's like, Halibaba. And there we go. You got it. But it's like, it's okay to be the auntie. It's okay to be the uncle. It's okay to, to be that. Niggas aren't using these terms to slander you. Like, the auntie and the uncle in black culture, because we're talking about black culture here, right? have a sense of respect. Mm-hmm. Everybody, don't be, everybody don't get called uncle. Everybody don't get called auntie. Some niggas just get called that nigga. Like, hey. What's crazy is I have, like, relatives at this point in my age who are actual cousins that call me auntie. Like that, it, I think some of it has to do with the age difference. Another thing, yeah. I've always been their auntie figure. Like I've always been that to them. I've got aunties who will, I am like also an aunt who will never recognize me as that because I will never be their age. Right. Just like there's some people that like technically you're their uncle or you're their auntie, but they're older than you because it's black family, some shit What's happens. What's crazy is today <laughs> is my nephew's 29th birthday. He's a year older than me. And that's your nephew. That's my nephew. Because that's the way the family dynamic But he will never acknowledge me as nephew, I mean as auntie, because I've always, we've always had a brother, sister, or cousin relationship. Yeah. We were raised together. Right. I will never be an auntie to him. Right. And that's why I think, again, two oaks for their own good. People just... I feel like they look at their calendar like I haven't been, I haven't been mad online about some <laughs> shit in two days. It's too long. Let's start a riot. Let's you know what? Fuck it. I'm mad about something, and it just look it just but, it frustrates me. Again, I think we pay way too much attention to like the loud minority 
And Ava DuVernay is completely entitled to her opinion. Right. She's talented. We don't take that away from her. But her feeling desexualized because of the auntie role is her feelings. Her, her and insecurity is not my problem. The responsibility of everyone. And plus, like, Ava du- DuVernay is one of the leaders as far as black filmmakers in this country has respect from all corners, all sides. I don't like, think anybody is going out of their way to disrespect Ava DuVernay, at least not on wax. At least not on wax, at least not publicly. Maybe some people do it in the privacy of their own home. But you're not stupid enough to get on Al Gore's internet and talk shit about Ava DuVernay. Please tell me. It, 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 it don't niggas, end well. Niggas surprise me every day. But, so I would not be surprised but, if But it's one, one of those me. things where it's like, if we t- if we do an approval ratings, Ava DuVernay's approval ratings up there. Right. Up there high. And she earned that. So if that's her, if that's her one thing that she's just like, uh, it doesn't sit too well with me. I feel like it desexualizes me. She's entitled to those feelings. But I just don't like when people jump on the bandwagon because one person said it. Just like about the box braid conversation. One asshole made one dumbass clown ass statement and the rest of you clowns revealed yourself. Nobody hates fucking box braids. Bro. If my bald headed ass could get box braids, that would be me for the entire summer. Bro, no one hates box braids. Y'all get them every time y'all go to a beach. No one hates them. <laughs> box braids is about sexy as hell. No so, one hates the box braids. No, like, one loud and then And then y'all all decided, let's make threads to, to showing our box braids to, because fuck this nigga. That's the one thing I hated. Y'all made threads to prove that you don't need male gaze all while attracting male gaze. Fam, listen. I, I got whiplash. I talked because it, it reminds me of a couple summers ago. Well, uh, shout out to DJ ZD and all the other niggas was like, had them, had them dropping threads on threads on threads. One nigga be like, hey, if you're over 150 pounds, I don't want you, I don't think you should wear a two-piece. And well, <laughs> ladies flooded and made a thread because one nigga said he don't think. Uh, meanwhile, every other nigga's in the rafters like. Getting screenshots of y'all thick asses posting fucking bikini pics. Follow, follow, like, like. Bookmark, because the bookmark don't show up on the timeline. <laughs> Follow. Free game. Free game. <laughs> like, just, just, I don't know, man. Just, just be happy with who you are and fuck everybody else. Man. I mean, at some point, you have to just say, I, my, the way I, I feel am about who I me, am. And the way I feel about me reigns supreme. Because, listen, I, this body has to come a long way from what, until I'm satisfied with it. I know there's some people, Alex, there's nothing wrong with your stretch marks and fats and da da da, nothing wrong with you. I don't like it. So I'm doing something about it. It's got nothing to do Man. with your gaze. Because to me, honestly, I'm still beating the average. So, but I, I want to be sat- more than just beat the average. I want to be satisfied with me. So, yeah. Anywho, that, we got off on a tangent. How was we your started weekend? on a tangent. Right. Like, How was your weekend, friend? Oh, solid. Oh, solid. Um, so, this weekend. <laughs> so, this weekend, um, one of my friends, a uh, shout out to my boy, Nana. Um, was, he moved away. He's going away. So he had his little going away shindigs this weekend. Um, right. He's moving to Dallas. Another reason I need to get to Dallas because all, a lot of people are in Dallas that I need to go see. And I've been slacking. Like, I have many places to stay. Just haven't booked We're the going for the 4th of July, friend. I need to stay my ass in the house. Mm-mm. That's not what the summer is, city boy. We talked about my health and my stress. Right, this is a vacation. We are turning the laptops off. All the work phones are off. We are literally putting everything on Do Not Disturb from the 2nd through the 7th. What you want? What you trying to do? I was trying to do that without spending money because I need financial freedom as well as physical 
Elf. <laughs> so real, my real plan was all right, cool, bet. Uh, July 4th is on Thursday. Cool. You know what? We're just going to chill the fuck out this week, that weekend. Not do shit. Not go shit. Because, you know, I've, I've been moving and shaking right. in, in different cities since, like, Memorial Day. Yeah. Fair <laughs> so, enough. So, sit the fuck down. But, I really have been on the go since, like, March. Honestly, February. Man, like, it's been, like 2019, I looked at my schedule. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how the fuck? January. Yeah. Because we went to cabin season. Yeah. And I went to cabin season yeah. back to back. Like, literally, 2019, after, I'm looking back, like, how March, the fuck? Like, was, ooh, Jesus in Christ. April, we celebrated your birthday for an entire month. I told y'all that's not what I wanted. I think y'all came out with me for, like, okay, we went to D.C., mm-hmm. and then my actual birthday weekend. Then the weekend after my birthday, I was in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. The weekend after that, I had a bunch of people take me out. Weekend leading up to the week right before we left for D.C., another person took me to dinner. Like... It was, and then after DC, somebody else is like, hey. And he did a whole live show in between there. We did do a live show on my actual birthday. Yeah. You know, my birthday month this, this we year. Did, we, did li- we did a lot for your birthday month. We did a lot. We did. And so, yeah, so that's why part of me was like, you know what, Calvin? Sit your ass down for, for, the, for the, the July 4th holiday. Stay in Cincinnati. Chill the fuck out. But see, here's the thing. July's going to be lit because we have SB and Jade's birthday and Bandcamp's birthday. So you're like, I just rest up. But and and I'm not gonna rest up if I go to Dallas. Yeah, we are. We're not going out when we go to Dallas. We're not. Y'all may not. But if I touch down in Dallas, like we're not. What? Because I don't. I think I know maybe two people in Dallas. I know way too many people in Dallas <laughs> for me to stay my ass. If I post the whole the location tag, I'm in Dallas. Hey, cuz what you doing? And the thing is, the problem is. All the people I know in Dallas are return of friends. But the niggas that go kick it. Like, shout out to, shout out to some of my boy Earl. Shout out to my boy Jeff. They the niggas that go kick it. They the niggas that know niggas in the city. Oh, well, then I need their numbers. Because if I'm going to be in Dallas, like, if I'm not going to sit down, then I'm going to turn all the way up. Yeah. Because my plan was to, like, pull up. Because our flight leaves um, on the 3rd of July. I'm going to take the second off because I need to be able to pack, clean my house, all that stuff. Take a day off before our trip. And I always take a day off before and after a trip when I can't. So... I'm, the second I was just going to pack, clean my house, get ready to go. And then, like, the third, we touched down first thing in the morning. So I'm going to go grab food, change my clothes, get ready, yeah. and be poolside. Fourth of July, I'm pretty sure we're going to barbecue at a parent's house, whatever. And then we have the rest of the weekend. So it's really whatever's clever. Like I said, every, anytime people go to Dallas, it's tempting. But also I have weddings to go to in August and September. <laughs> I as well have a wedding in August. You know what's funny? I appreciate my friends. Because last, um, last spring, summer months, like, I got, I was a plus one to a bunch, like, three weddings. Mm-hmm. And I was, of course, on the heels of losing my own marriage. So, it was, like, sensitive. Yeah. So, all of my friends were, like, they asked me first. They were, like, Alex, we would love to have you, but if you're not ready. I said, no, this is about you. Like, I can, like. I can take, I can take my pride in. Right. I can take my, t- you know what I mean? I can take my little just, ego just, in. Just, just, it, like, in, in the future, like, I'm probably going to go dark social media for, just for Father's Day, just for my own personal. Oh, no, that's fair. Like, because mm, I already hate Father's Day anyway, because motherfuckers love turning into single Mother's Day, and I'm like, that's not, how, that's not just how this works. You know what's crazy is I've had people reach out to me for Father's Day, and I've corrected them. Because I don't like that. Like, like that's how this works. has a relationship with his father. Me that's and his father works. are cool. And I know that wasn't always the case. But even if it, we weren't on, like, obtuse angles or whatever, that's still his day. That's He's not, still that's a dad. Not, that's, that's not, not how this works. That's not day. That's not grandma's day. Just like y'all niggas throwing a straight pride parade in Boston. That's not how this works. That's fucking foul. 
and <laughs> like, trash. That's not how this works. Like, I just want people to understand names mean things. And Father's Day does not mean single single Mother's Day does not mean none of that the shit. The fact that there were enough people to agree to straight Pride Day. It's Boston. Boston is the most racist liberal city there is. It's annoying. Like, y'all are just, y'all are, so, and, um, just, so just a parade. Really, uh, and, uh, and side note, because fuck, fuck them niggas. This is the first official podcast we are recording on in Pride Month, so we want to use our platform responsibly and say Happy Pride Month to all of my Happy L- Pride Month to all my LBGTQIA friends. P. Damn, I forgot one. Q I A A P. I just combined the A's, but I'm sorry. Happy Happy Pride Month to every person who identifies with the community, whether you are got, burr, 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 burr. whether you got, whether you are out publicly, whether you're not out publicly, whether you're an ally, whether you're just anything. I want to make sure I use my platform properly to make sure you. I wish you a happy and safe Pride Month. From your friends over here to shoot your shot podcast. Oh, also there are drink specials going on at house. We are what are we doing for Pride? Um, so what's for crazy? I'm glad you mentioned this because I meant to send it to you on the topics. But my parents have always had like feelings about my sexuality without me having an actual conversation. So I think, old and black, old and black. So I think this time, like I'm actually going to come out to my parents, like. Not that I think they have a problem with it, but, like, they can stop guessing. It's one of those things where it's, like, it's going to be a conversation. I'm like, oh, yeah, we knew. We knew, but, like, thanks for telling us this. I mean, like, that's how I feel sometimes. Like, some of, when some of my friends, like, like came out, I appreciated the courage and effort. But it's like, fam, we knew this from, like, three years ago. Yeah, and it's not even, like, a coming out. It's more or less, like, my older, like, again, there's a reason why the auntie role is so pivotal. Because my siblings know, like, especially my twin sister. I've talked to her about my my yeah. identity for a while. She's known since I found out I knew. Right. So Some people know before you know. Oh, yeah. Because we've had conversations and we've, like, my my godfather was gay. Rest his soul. But, like, I've, I've been around spaces that have always been safe for me. And I have to recognize my privilege in that. Because everybody, everybody, everybody ain't got that. Exactly. Ain't got that. And then I'm on top of that, I'm straight passing. So, and I've had heterosexual relationships for the most majority of my life. So now that I'm in a position where I've been able to navigate this space with my parents without necessarily being open with them, right? I don't need them for too much. Mm-hmm. I can, I'm comfortable enough. To, I it was, I really had to do it on my time, and the fact that I'm in a safe enough space to do that is a privilege. So. For those of you who are struggling with that, don't know when, don't know how, again, I'm always an open book. I'm always a resource, at least a sounding board. And I know that healthcare services for people who are um, in, this, in our community aren't always um, available. So if you need resources, you need help in the right direction, I have a slew of them. Do not ever be afraid to hit me up. Happy Pride! And for, for, for those members of, of who, who, who consider themselves allies, um, understand. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Listen, Gay Pride Fest is open for everyone. But if you are coming as an ally, you need to understand that you're a guest at this here function, and make sure that you're not centering yourself in places. Treat that it like aren't if you're you. a white person at a hip hop festival. You are a guest. You are you are a guest, and that guest pass can be revoked at any time. We are happy to have you, but you need to understand that this here function is not for you. It's it's just not. And sometimes, actually, like. I understand that, so but I also understand like so, like I remember a couple people was like asked me if I, like last year if I was going to like to pray. And I'm like, no, but it's not because I don't have love or just it's not for me, right? And because I know it's not for me, I'm just gonna like stay my ass in the house. I support y'all, I support your love, I support your way to love who you want to love, take your ass to Red Lobster who you want to take your ass to Red Lobster mm-hmm. to, but it's not for me. 
And so I'm going to stay in the house and I'm going to let the people who it, is, who it is for have center stage. So, yeah, the parade is at the end of this month in Cincinnati. It, I think it's the 22nd. Yes. Yeah. So the parade's at the end of the month in Cincinnati. Um, my company is actually walking in the parade. And so I'll be doing that with my company. And then there's a festival afterward. And I've got already got the PTO to go. Shout out to my director. Like, he's very, actually very conservative. Like, extremely conservative. But the spaces and that he holds for, like, me specifically, because I'm extremely opposite of his beliefs. Right. Like, his policies, I would say. But the fact that we're able to have dialogue about my experience in, in this world, and he's receptive to that, means a lot. So thank God that I work for a company and I have a... a a director uh, that I directly report to who is extremely like not just understanding, not just tolerant, but like goes out of his way to make sure that he's always positioned in the right. Yeah. So, so and he's a white male. So, so we don't get a lot of yeah, that. Yeah. So, so shout, so shout out to the allies, man. Like I'm never going to call myself an ally. Cause I feel like that's not something I can call myself. I feel like somebody, if, I feel like I can't say I'm an ally for you guys. I feel like somebody has to like, like say that. No, Calvin, I would consider <laughs> you an ally. Like you are, have been a part of our friend group especially like my gay friend group, <laughs> you've been around, you understand, you'll ask questions, you have dialogue with us, and we do consider you an ally. So yeah. welcome, friend. The snacks are in the back. <laughs> the snacks are in the back. <laughs> just, just know every time, every now and then when y'all decide to go to the gay club, I'm going to hit a hard left. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm out, guys. It's okay to say. See, that's the thing. It's okay to say that's not my scene without saying I don't want to be on no gay shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's absolute, or be throwing slurs and derogatories out there. And I think, and also you guys, um, and I'll give credence and kudos to you all um, because there's some people who like would who take any sort of hesitation, any sort of reservation as um, you're not really down. Like you know what I'm saying? Like, no, we just understand it's not your scene. And I'm like, like it's the cool. gay club is an experience. Like if you're not ready for that, like and it's fan, uh, this is coming from someone okay. who like I've accidentally gone to a gay club twice. And when I tell you, like, one time I was in Louisville, <laughs> and was I didn't even know it was a gay club until I walked in that motherfucker. I'm like, ooh. Shout out to the OG Cincinnati gay clubs like Rock Bottom. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the Doc. Like, oh my God, those and, are my shit. And like, and like, you walk and like, and this one, it's, it's a, I almost would say, and this is gonna be a hot take, that every straight man needs to go once just to understand how we make other people feel on a regular basis. Because I walk in there, I'm, and you see, I mean, it's their space. So, Everything's out in the open. Like I think one time I went in Louisville, and I mind you, Louisville, I ain't know, I don't, I ain't know what the fuck I was going to do. I'm walking in blind, bam, like it's like a drag show going on. It's like, and you walk in and you see, you know, they them living happily in their space. And as a straight man, when you walk in, first of all, everybody can tell who's who's. You can. Everybody can tell that. Oh. You can. He, he just here for, he here because his, his, the girl dragged him here or some shit like that. And but like that uncomfortable that uncomfortableness that uneasiness that like that like hyper awareness that you you suddenly feel. That's what the underprivileged have to feel. That's what the women have to feel. That's what the gay men have to feel every single time they walk out. And it's it's, 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 it's like a cold glass of water into your face. Like yo, checking your privilege. Right. And the other time I went, I went to accompany my friend who was. Trying to find this, trying to chase after this girl. And the girl was like, I'm in here. And and he pulled up. This is his name. He pulled up. Shorty, Shorty dragged, took the ticket at the main event. My, I stand. And mind you, he walked in, he's like, What the fuck? And I was like, I tried to tell you. <laughs> Tuck in your fucking privilege. And if this is a girl you really after, she, she says she's in here, walk in. The thing about it is, 
I understand being uncomfortable because it's a new environment and it's with a particular group of people that you may have a trouble understanding. That's fine. Everybody has to be introduced to sometime. But, and, or you don't. But it's about respect and understanding that this is our safe space. Yeah. And you did nothing, in my eyes, you didn't do anything wrong. I, so. Like, I respect that safe space. I respect, I respect the need for it. Just that ain't, that's never going to be the move for me. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> like, it's never going to be. Like, but if that's the move for y'all, I'm going to be like, all right, cool. Y'all go after Call me afterwards. I'm going to go to the crib. Or <laughs> hit me when you leave. <laughs> and, if, and, 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 and in my humble opinion... That's perfectly okay. <laughs> and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, my week went out, was actually pretty chill. And the fact that, like, what I consider chill weekend means we only went out one night instead of, like, the whole fucking weekend. <laughs> I was exhausted. Um, so Friday night we ended up at Art After Dark, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I loved it. Um, then Saturday was Josh's birthday, so we hit the rooftop. And actually, I didn't even really go out. It was like, okay, we went to Art After Dark, and then we went to Treehouse for a second and went home. Because y'all told me, it was like, we got a curfew at 10 p.m., and I, I think I laughed in your face. You did. I you was were like, just like, yeah, all right. We were home by 11. And I said, okay, you get to go home. It's not going to be no 10. <laughs> but it's like, okay, cool, I'm, I'm rooting for you. Made it home by 11. Thank you very much. Um, we went to Treehouse for like a second, um, got drunk there, and I was like, all right, guys, I'm ready to do the race. So... Made it home, decent hour, got up, went to work for myself. Then we went to Josh's rooftop birthday party, which was great. Shout out to Taylor. She put on for her man. <laughs> it was super cute. They ended up going into Henny Love. I honestly was just exhausted, so I went home. Yeah. I got um, some sleep. Sunday, I did not move, leave my house. We had Sunday dinner. You pulled up. Santana pulled up. Wade, Durags and Mimosas pulled up. Like, that we goddamn a- Rosé Punch so pulled up. So Rosé Punch is a house special. And we're going to have it every time we do Sunday dinner. So I'm thinking Sunday dinner is going to happen every other Sunday. So just mark your calendars. Every other Sunday at 630. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. But yeah, um, shout out to Sunday dinner. Shout out to Sunday dinner. Um, but yeah, like, I, I also didn't do Henny Love this this time. It was, I think it was the last time, too. Like, this is the last Henny Love. But they said that last year. So I was like, well, I, I didn't want to say it because I, I, I don't. We'll I but it was like, it was the last Henny Love, I think, like, Last year, and think the year before that might have been the last, last any love. love. It's like, all right, but you know, shouts to shouts to shout to them boys. You know what I'm saying? Any love, good night for the last time. Like you know next year, you know what I'm saying? Like like they did with Ivy Lounge, bro. They kept Ivy Lounge open. That when Nudie was like, all right, y'all, it's time to tear the club up. This is the last time. I said, listen, y'all might want to reserve the couches. They're going to be here next weekend. And then until I saw Nudie standing on furniture, and I was like, yeah, okay, this is the last one. It was like, and the fucked up thing was. What are they turning that space into? God knows. They were supposed to be turning that into something. But I thought it was supposed to be a restaurant. Yeah. Was, but like the fucked up thing, the fucked up thing was the first time it was that that it was it was supposed to be the last time, motherfucker was packed out. Packed. Because everybody believed it. Because well, why would why would niggas lie? And I don't think even niggas lie. I think they just kept extending the license for like one day at a time. Basement parties at Ivy, I'm gonna miss. Woo, it used to be a sweat box. Listen, that bitch used to be sweating out weeks, doing your thing, sweating out weeks, like, um, but yeah. So I bet, but the fucked up thing was the official, official, the actual last time I missed because I was out of town. Nah, and it was a banger. I mean, like, we were in VIP, we were standing on tables. I know I got past the bottle of Moet to myself. I know Jay did. Like, we were in there trashed. Like, absolutely had a ball. It was packed. It was packed. Like the walls were sweating. It was packed. 
Rest in peace, Ivy. Rest in peace, Ivy. Whatever they turn that into is going to be beautiful space. Ivy is a pretty space. It was just, we niggered it up. The yeah. white party, the first white party that was thrown in Ivy was lit, too. Um, that was two years ago. Two, three years oh, ago. When niggas came out, looked like they did a 40-yard dash? Yes. Nigg- niggas came out, looked like it was a... Niggas we came were. out the white party, looked like it was a pool party. We were drenched. We had so much fun. I think band camps won that, too. We had a ball. But yeah, I remember that one. All the random open... Yeah, shout out to Ivy. Um, Let's get the Japanese topics, friend. Let's get the Japanese All fables. Right, so, Hove. All right, I'm a, I'm a H to the O B. I'ma stand for a minute. Is officially a billionaire. I'ma stand for a minute. I'ma I'm a stand. Sean Corey Carter. Um, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Um, aka Jay Z, aka Hove, aka the greatest rapper to ever spit on the microphone. Um, officially, and keywords because Hove been tossing around a billionaire mm-hmm. claim for a couple years, and he said even Hove said like. Take what Forbes said and figure more because they forgot to account what I did with the Raw. Like, so Hope, so Hope been like, I'm a billionaire for like a couple years, but Forbes, because Forbes are, are uh, they always conservatively mm-hmm. guess their, the, 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 uh, which is fair because makes to, sense. to be liberal about that kind of number is wild, foolish. But so they could always conservatively guess. So the conservative estimates for one Sean Corey Carter is that he is hip hop's first billionaire at a smooth. 49 years old. And first and foremost, Jay Lee started his rap career at 26. Mind you, people thought he was too old when he started mm-hmm. in, in hip hop culture. 23 years later, to be a, a legit billionaire is amazing. And you, you could save your there shouldn't be any billionaire. You can save your wealth for distribution, hot takes, or another time frame. This is an accomplishment. Last time I checked, Hope ain't no no taxes. So y'all ain't talking about him. And last time I checked, Hope has e- been giving back to the community. Hope been giving away millions of dollars. Giving away millions. So I don't want to hear it. When it comes to the Hove topic, like y'all could save your wealth distribution conversations because Hove has definitely done his part and done his work when it comes to wealth distribution and making sure that the people who look like him are being put and, on. And... He don't publicize it, most of it. No. He, he, he prefers it not to go publicized. It only goes publicized when the person who helped, he helped, speaks on it. Mm-hmm. It's like, Meek Mill's like, yeah, Jay-Z got me, Jay-Z, Jay-Z got me, pay for all my legal fees. 21 Savage. Little Wayne's like, Jay-Z paid my taxes one year when I, when I ain't have it. Like, that's the type of person we, we're talking about here. We're talking about someone who, over the course of 23 years, took... The Parkwood Knowles Carter brand, they don't do that. Anytime you hear about one of their accomplishments, it's because somebody else is talking about it. They don't have to brag and about it. I know we love I know we love Beyonce. And I know the joke is like fifty thousand dollars or dinner with Jay Z. Like all that the joke is that. But even Beyonce will will credit some of how she like navigates to her husband. And that's what you call leveraging your partner. You should, if your partner's not doing that for you, even not we ain't talking about on a billion dollar scale, but you should. If you're be not able learning to, from your nigga, or you're not learning from your chick, that's not it, sis. You know what I'm saying? It's not. That's it's not, not it. It's not how we moving. So we talk about that. We talk about not he he puts his friends in positions of power. Tata, the nigga who went to jail for him, who didn't who didn't fold, didn't snitch, didn't do nothing. You heard Tata's name in his record since he came out. 
to see since he went in. Right. And then when when Tata finally came out after 20 years. Tata ain't have to worry about shit. He came out with a job ready to go from Daisy. Not, no, I got an official job title in order to make sure that the probation understood, like, when he comes home, he good. We talk about all the things that you've done, all the projects that he's funded. And as a rapper from Brooklyn, New York, and the Marcy Project, to the point where his music catalog accounts for less than 10% of his actual network, which is wild in itself that the greatest rapper to ever speak on a microphone has to get the, major- the, the majority of his money comes from liquor brands. Yep. But that's also talking about a lot of niggas take endorsement checks. They leave like, no, I need a percentage. I need an ownership. That's the exact same thing. Um, and see, this is how you know that they're learning from each other. Because Beyonce did the exact same thing with Uber. She performed for Uber, and instead of taking a cash payment, she took a percentage of the company. Same with Jay. Yeah, Jay, Jay Z, they, they, that was that. So for that $3 million performance, she made $500 million. Something crazy. Yeah, and, or we're talking about like how Jay Z isn't sponsored by Duce, he owns half of it. Jay Z Jay-Z isn't just rapping about Ace of Spades. He owns half of it. He, title, he owns it. Rock Nation, Rock Awares, all of these things. He, he, Ownership was the name of the game. And I know we, we sometimes talk about how Jay-Z, you know, gets high and mighty, talk about ownership and all of these things, but, like, he's living proof that, look, look, you, you can buy back the block if you do it responsibly. You make investments. If you, you know, you rap about Basquiat's on Picasso, baby, but you actually go buy the Basquiat. That's an appreciating. Right. So speaking of Rock Nation doing <laughs> a goddamn thing, we have to celebrate Miss Rihanna. Y'all ain't never given album from Rihanna. Listen, so in 2009, Rihanna was actually left with like two million after escaping bankruptcy. And and I I know that people are like, oh, I wish I was left with two million after bankruptcy. But you gotta understand, Rihanna was at that point, 2009. That's after Umbrella. That's after Ponder Replay. That's after multiple platinum Platinum albums. And you only got two million left, bro. You're that's depressing. So then, ten years later. She's now the world's richest female artist with $600 million in fortune, a self-made soon-to-be millionaire, according to Forbes. Um, also, shout-out to Serena Williams. She's now the highest-paid female artist. I mean, female athlete ever. And, and, and that comes from, again, investments. Because, A, Serena never made as much endorsement money as her, as her white counterparts. Maria Sharapova always made more money in endorsements than Serena. Even though Maria Sharapova... Couldn't hold Serena's goddamn racket on a good day. Yep. But we talk about so you ain't wrong, friend. So we talk about this wealth, you know, hot taker wealth distribution. There shouldn't be no. And I understand these these are only three examples, right, of the vast majority. And mm-hmm. but I think it is necessary to big up these people who come from Compton, who come from Barbados, who come from the Marcy Projects in Brooklyn, who. By all intents and purposes, all intents and purposes had the odds stacked against them mm-hmm. to be able to get to this point. And yes, maybe this is the capitalism speaking in me, but it's impressive because when you're black, you already work it down two strikes, right? In in a in a game that's not built for you. We talk about black dollars. There, they have they, there's a study that shows that like for a black dollar to circulate out of a community into another community takes six hours. In comparison, a white dollar to circulate to someone who's not white takes 17 days. Right. A- an Asian dollar to circulate to someone who's not Asian takes 20 days. A black dollar takes six hours. 
because of because of just the gap of ownership. Yep. So we're already dealing with that deficit alongside all the systemic things that are put into place to make sure that people who are black and brown don't prosper and still they rise above. They're playing the game of all mad and difficulty. Right. While, and that, absolutely. While, while other quote-unquote self-made billionaires who don't look like them are playing the game with the cheat codes. That's why we celebrate. That's why we go hard. That's why, we, that's why we're vocal in our support of these people. It's because they have done it in a way, in a magnitude, that a lot of people didn't expect them to do. I'm pretty sure if you told Jay-Z back in 1994, yeah, you're going to be a, you're gonna be hip-hop's first billionaire and the majority of your money is not going to be made in music. Right. And I think that that's how, again, so if my talent is singing, this is my way to catapult me into doing like what I love. Like For instance, Beyonce is an amazing artist. And one of the world's, our generation's best entertainer. And I ain't even trying to argue about it. I'm not going to. We've already had that episode. But Beyonce has... I didn't even argue about that. It's fine. (laughs) We're letting it go. We're moving right past it. But Beyonce is actually an artist. And even her father said she's a better artist than she is a singer. But again, so maybe we're using our talents, or leveraging our talents to catapult us into our passions. For instance, which brings me right back to Rihanna. Rihanna's an amazing artist, an amazing entertainer, amazing singer, but she's used her, leveraged her art, which was, or leveraged her talent, which is her voice and her presence and who she is. And now we're getting lingerie and now we're getting furniture and now we're getting a high-end brand, which you know what? Perfect fucking segue. You just segue yourself? I, I did, friend. Okay. So. Y'all niggas broke. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Thank you. I'm sorry, but, but that's, that's. Rihanna what... has given us Fenty Beauty. Which is extremely affordable. The lava, I seen the, I seen the, the lava. Body lava is heavenly. I seen, I seen all y'all was wearing trophy wife highlighter that 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 summer it came out. Don't play. Were or am because I'm still wearing trophy wife. Same. I just don't wear it to the yeah, office because yeah, yeah. it's a lot. It's fam. It's a fucking lot. Also, I, you can see it from across the room. Lot and can, uh, and actually it doubles as a great body bronzer. But anyway. hey, I'm a Never. man. Out of this Never is going to it's going to above my head. You know, so she's given us affordable makeup, affordable lingerie. Lingerie, but also not only, if it's all sizes. She's given us Fenty Puma, her partnership with Puma. Uh, an athletic brand who makes, you know, affordable, someone affordable clothing. Exactly. It's all within your price range. So now Sis has realized that the real money is in luxury house, becoming an actual fashion house, right? And niggas are talking about this is too much or this is too expensive or this is that. My issue is that she's giving you she doesn't have to give you shit. The same way that you will take that energy and tell her that her shit is way too expensive is the exact same way you will scrape up your little fucking paycheck to go two paychecks to get a $1,500 belt. Don't come for my sis, number one. Number two, what is our attachment with black poverty? Why do we assume that because it's a black brand that everything they do needs to be quote-unquote affordable? She's entitled to, uh, to put a price point on whatever she decides to produce. If her fucking album, she wanted to charge three stacks for one album, bitch, somebody's going to pay it. You know how, a couple things. One, you know how I know that's true? Because we'll talk about Recipe Simpson Hustle in a minute. He had a mixtape called Crenshaw that... You could either download digitally for free on DatPiff or, you know, whatever your mixtaping, mixtape hosting site was. Or if you wanted a physical copy, you could pay him $100. And people talked about him like, well, that's crazy. Why, why the fuck would anybody want to pay him $100 for with some shit I can get for free? 
the niggas paid it. Niggas, he sold out of, of, of the thousand copies that he had printed up. He sold out. And guess who bought some of them? Jay-Z. Because he looked out. He looks, He always looked out. But with Rihanna and with other black businesses, it's a couple things. One, it's luxury for a reason. Luxury is only luxury in its lack of availability and affordability. Right. Once everybody, once everybody can get start having the shit, it ain't luxury no more. And that's my pro- that's you're making my point. I get so fed up and so tired of us saying just because it's black. It, it makes me think, what do you think of black? Like for instance, now that Ghana and traveling overseas is now more actively accessible to black people. Nigga now we're, call, we're saying Ghana is the new Miami. Like, why do, whenever black people get access to things, it loses its value? It's self-hatred. Like, it's, stop doing that it, shit. It, it's self-hatred. And I'm and yeah, I said it, nigga, fuck you, fight me. Um, because we think that if too many black people touch something that's dirty, people people slander Dubai now because I'm too many niggas will go over there. People, like, why the moment that black people get access to something, you guys start to even do, We it. even do it with clubs. We even oh, if, yeah. if, if, if a club got too many too many quote unquote hood niggas in it. Oh, oh yeah, when black people started throwing parties at Jekyll, like the <laughs> same y'all did the exact same thing, and now Jekyll is closed because y'all like. We have to stop making it assume that just because it's black, it, it, it shouldn't be valued. And it really opened my eyes up that when, like, the, again, Rihanna's luxury brand. Like, bro, it's a luxury brand. Honestly, because it's black luxury, I'd rather spend my money with Rihanna than I would Louis Vuitton or Gucci or, or, or any of those other places. This is a black fashion house. This is the first time we're seeing that in, in ever. And it's, and it's also okay to not buy the shit. It's perfectly okay to say, you know what, that's out of my price range. Exact same way if I go to Target and they want to charge me $35 for something I can get for 10 I can walk past that shit. But we don't we don't take that shit, pull up to Target, and be like, bitch, how dare you? Y'all don't negotiate with white people about their prices. I don't know why y'all think it's okay to do it with black. You said a lot. <laughs> you, you said a fucking lot. Hey, long, long story short, man, leave Rihanna alone. <laughs> Leave. But wait, did y'all see that selfie she took in the studio? She, she's pissed. Nigg- niggas are really bullying her for the time. <laughs> I, she, she took that studio. That here, nigga. Selfie, like, here. All right, bruh. I'm Listen, in the studio. Leave Rihanna alone. <laughs> leave Jay-Z alone. Leave Serena Williams alone. Leave black people alone. I think that's my, 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 uh, my summary. Leave, leave, leave them niggas alone. Them niggas can buy your life and have change. Leave Frank Lucas, alone. So we, I'm going to skip around here for a second, so I apologize. When we mentioned Pride, I wanted to give a shout-out to, there are two black activists, black transgender activists who have since passed, who have been pioneers and waymakers for our community that are actually receiving monuments in New York and Greenwich Village, um, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Riviera. I want to tell you that I love you. May you continue to rest in peace, and may your legacy continue to live on. Speaking about rest, speaking about legacies living on, um, when they see us, um, Ava, Ava's new limited series. It's a limited series. I think it's like what five episodes? Yeah, four, four, four. I think. I haven't seen it yet. Full I disclosure. Have not either. Part of it because I already know. I have to be in a mindset for it, honestly, because I, I know. Watching that series is gonna make me want to spit on white people. I know it is. And and like I already know the story about the Central Five for the most part. Not shaming, but my, okay. Side note: first and foremost, y'all niggas gotta stop information shaming. 
when, when people are like, oh, y'all just now figuring out about the Central Park Five? And if they are, at least they're figuring it out. See, and the crazy thing is that when people... People we do we have to take ignorance, like we have to start taking words for their connotations. Ignorance means I just don't know. And it, sometimes it's okay to know what you don't know. But when we do that, we shame people from asking the questions that they need. But also, niggas treat information about tragedies, you know, nonetheless, like it's their favorite pop band, back, that, that favorite band before it got popular. Oh, y'all just not figuring about the Central Park Five? My niggas do it from the jump. Okay, you want a fucking cookie, nigga? Like, what the fuck? Like, like niggas getting mad that Megan Thee Stallion popping. Uh, if you wasn't with her when she was doing, is it a point to gain more notoriety? Like, right, we should care. That's the point. The point is, the point We're of this. We're going to touch back on notoriety, too, because I have a problem. But <laughs> I just, you know. That nigga's sickening me, bro. It, it was, that part was annoying as well. But also, so, okay. I haven't watched it because I know that I need to be prepared. I. I can't, I can't watch it and go to work the next day. I'll tell you that much. Because I, I deal with too many white people. Mm-hmm. But I know that I need to be in the mindset to be. Not emotionally detached, because that's not what I'm looking for, but I need to be able to see this for, you know, for what it exactly is happening. And I need to be able to take it in and be able to process my emotions afterward, because I know I'm going to cry. I know I'm not going to be, it's going to take me there. Ava DuVernay's work takes me there anyway, but like that specifically, it's hard not to see my brother or my best friend. It's hard not to see you. It's hard not to see kiddo. It's not hard not to see the black men near and dear to me. There's nothing... Like the Curly Browder case. There's nothing extraordinary different about these men that could not be y'all. And that's and that's the hurt, right? It's like, damn. Like there's no trajectories that say, oh no, because Calvin is such and such that this would never be him. No, you are an average black man in America. This could be you tomorrow. And that's what and, hurts. And, 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 and racism doesn't doesn't give a fuck about accolades. That's why people people were so mad when um President Obama said about the Trayvon case. That could have been that could have been my son, and he, mind you, he didn't even have a son. But like we understood the message. Like, look, there's hell not racism. Don't give a fuck about accolades. Look how y'all dogged Obama. You know what I'm saying? Like, like bullets ain't got no names on it. Racism ain't got a name on it. It don't give a fuck who. That's why I I have to laugh when certain people think that their accolades and their and their proximity to whiteness will help them. It won't. It, it won't. Man, they still they may call you their friend. They may invite you to the country club. They may invite you to their house, but they still you see you as a nigga. A mouthful there. Your proximity to whiteness will not save you. As a matter of fact, it puts you in more danger. I wrote an article about that. As a matter of fact, I was um shout out to Liz Brazil, but she published an we saw article. you of a weekend, baby. We appreciate you. Thank you so we much. We love you so much. It was so good to see her. Um, she's out in Seattle doing major reporter things. Okay. Um, but she had a blog up and I wrote an article about that because there was some girl who posted about the fact that, um, black Americans need to recognize their privilege because they're in America as opposed to the black or black people who live outside of America and the oppressions that they face. Basically saying that black Americans proximity to whiteness is what gives them privilege instead of the fact that America is not a third, uh, is a first world country. That's and that's where our see, privilege see, see, the, see the argument, see, she fucked up the argument. The argument is classism, not racism. Listen, we, we are privileged as black Americans because we aren't, don't live in a third world country. We have technology, running water. We have, you know, access right. to the Internet that's not censored for the most part. Like, that's where our privilege comes from. Not the fact that we're, we're neighbors with. That just means they can beat my ass quicker. That just means they, can, they don't have to run across and stab me. 
Right. I'm, I'm next door. I'm next door. They can, can knock on my cubicle and say some racist shit. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, right there. like, that's, and so. I deal with microaggressions. There's not a moment in my day that there, I don't deal with some type of microaggression. Like, it's it, not. it even goes down to the fucking food I eat, bro. Like, right. But long story short, we bringing it back. Um, I have to, again, I, I haven't seen it yet. I, I know I have, I feel like I have to, just, just to kind of like. But see, and that's, I'm glad that you said that. I feel like Ava DuVernay and the lens that she's telling the story through, I can see. Because this is an actual, you know, it's, it's based off true events. It's based off of true, like, this happened. These are these boys. And then the boys are still alive to tell their story. By the grace of fucking God. By the grace of God. So she's, they, she used their voices to tell this story, which is the difference between storytelling and black trauma porn. And because we know they signed off on this. It, right. They, they, they are okay with this. And I'm assuming that they're getting some fucking profit from this. Right. So that's the difference between a, like your, your Hollywood films that are... Your 12 Years a Slave. 12, you know, there was another yeah. one with a little girl was riding with her friend and he got shot by the police. And then uh, the, hate activist, you give. the Hate You Give. So not saying that The Hate You Give is not important, but that's black trauma porn. This is storytelling. And, and like, that's the reason why and, I didn't and, go and, see and, it. And, and the fuck that I saw it, and I, I, I regretted seeing it because, it was I, again, I walked out that motherfucker ready to hoax match anybody. Who and was, not saying that the story that they're telling... Doesn't need and, to be told. But also, they're marketing to the people that have experienced the pain. Y'all not sending this shit to white people, the people who need to see it. And when I say white people, I'm including non-black people of color. They're racist, too. Shout out to the agent. Uh, I'm glad the agent's starting to show their ass. And, 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 There's a... Best Western next door. It's above me. <laughs> it's above me. Even though they got that nigga out the paint before he got into paint, but that's a neither here nor there. Wait, what happened? Cancel culture. Niggas, niggas started pulling up old tweets. Oh no! You, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. I was a stan. But it's, <laughs> it's above me. It's above me. <laughs> we, we'll still keep that, but <laughs> yeah, we're gonna keep that. <laughs> they got that nigga out the paint. Anytime you hear me saying there's a Best Western next door. Yeah. For, okay. First of all, the nerd and see. White people are so funny, y'all. Were they, were they, were they white? They, white are, yeah. They were right, but I think even... even but there so, was another story where, like, the Asian woman came. Airbnb host. The, yeah, the Airbnb like, host. And it was like, which monkey, which monkey sleeping on the couch tonight? Because, again, that's why... Y'all showing y'all asses. That's why you can't... I don't really subscribe to the person of color. I'm black. I'm black. Because other persons of color also don't There's a black huge people. difference between people of color and black. And uh, when you're saying people of color, I understand you're trying to encompass black... But say black if it's specific to Yeah, black. like, because like, other people of color don't fuck with me. They don't either. And listen, that's why anti-blackness is global. There's a word for nigger in every language. Facts. So I don't subscribe Facts. to that. I don't subscribe to that shit they, they, they want the They want the rhythm, but they, they don't want the blues. Okay. That's in every country. Oh, you, listen, there's a couple sermons going on on this here Man, podcast today. Listen, but, like, but the crazy thing is about that, that it's above me, like, Damn, she tried to excuse calling him a fucking nigger because she was it was loud or she like she had lost somebody. Or I'm like, yeah, her grandma died and like or her mother had passed and she was just like, you know, I'm just I'm under a lot of stress. But you just stressed me out too by calling me out of my name at my workplace and I can't even handle you how I want to. So I do gotta be. It's above me. So it's above me. Get, get, get out. Like so, and, I, and I look at it like as someone who just experiences that. I understand stress. Hey, I had to take a couple of days off because I was stressed. And never during my stressful moments, I decided, let's call people fucking slurs. Let me go out of my way and just slur you down, honey. Because I'm stressed. 
I'm stressed out right now. You don't hear me calling white people. Well, mm. Mm. anyways, <laughs> but, but like I'm because stre- I would, but let's not. You know what I mean? I would. Let me find out if that's a way to get rid of my stress. Listen, I will never call anybody their real name huh. ever again. Blood pressure going all the way down. <laughs> let me find. Let me find out. Fucking uh, trash. Ass. But yeah, it's just I. I, I'm gonna watch it. I'm probably gonna watch it sometime this weekend when I have a time chance to like digest it and yeah. you know cleanse that out of my. I might, I might watch it right before uh, the, our Juneteenth kick it because I mean I'm gonna watch it. And need to be around black people immediately afterwards. Oh yeah, for sure. So. I'm definitely going. CYBP is playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, we'll definitely. So I'm, I'm gonna watch it and then go straight to CYBP and get hugs and dance. And yeah, and fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Um, while we're talking about black folks, so I saw that there was MLK slander. Martin Luther King slander on the timeline this week. Man, y'all. And I want to get into it because I know you and I. Oh, no, we going to argue. We're going to argue. We're going to argue. Go ahead, friend. I'll let you go first. All right, so first of all, because it was Martin slander and it was Nipsey slander, I was like, what the fuck? That nigga just died. Like, relax. Um, so, but, so with Martin Luther King, it's, it's, become, it's, it's become like a well-known, it's like a, it's not necessarily a fact because no one ever really, really confirmed it, but it's one of those things where it's like it's assumed and it's widely well-known and speculated that he was unfaithful. My Luther King was unfaithful to his wife, Coretta, during, during the Civil Rights Movement, when he was traveling to different cities. He and wasn't just unfaithful. He was cheating with white women. We never confirmed that. He was cheating with white we, we women. We never confirmed That's that. That's why the rumor was even more egregious because not only were you cheating, you were cheating with white women. I still don't listen. Ain't no Allegedly. Con- ain't no one confirmed white women. People confirmed the cheating. Ain't no one confirmed the white women. I heard it was white women's. But that what twisted the knife a little bit more. It was just I mean, women. there was a knife there, but then also it was like twisted because it was just like, nigga, so you're cheating with the oppressor and then you're laying next to our queen. Anyway. But no, 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 no. It was confirmed that he was cheating. I know. Because I, 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 in the film Selma, she got sent the voicemail. There was a they showed the scene of um, Coretta getting the voicemail, listening to the voicemail in front of Martin with him moaning with an- as him having sex with another woman. They showed that. The family approved that because they knew. They knew. And even um, Now, the race part is what's debatable. So I'm going to troll about it. Fuck you. First <laughs> and foremost, fuck you. Anyways. Secondly, and even um, Ralph David Abernathy said, like, Martin's weakness was women. So, like, it's been, it's been kind of discussed. But people are using that. And they're kind of falling into what the CIA hoped would happen and the FBI hoped would happen 40, 50 years ago. Because they sent letters to Martin's house, like, urging him to commit suicide because they were going to release this stuff if he didn't. Um, Like, because they, you know, they thought that this would delegitimize all the work that he's done. Right. All the things that he... And honestly, it would have, if we're being honest. But that brings me to my point. Because... The his infidelity isn't what I want to focus on because niggas should every day be. But A, it would have definitely damaged and tarnished his movement. Because how can you claim to be Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King and here you are not honoring the woman, your wife, and your marriage. Even, and your even though she was on she was probably in on the scam. But see, she's and that's you're bringing me to my next point. I believe Coretta absolutely know what the jig was. But outing him coming out against him would have damaged the greater good of everything. So here we are, you have this black woman mm-hmm. who's your wife, who absolutely knows the trash that you're on, but she also understands the bigger picture. And then 
died a martyr. She never talked about it. There is not a single record of Coretta Scott King talking about infidelity. All of those rumors came out after she died, too. Right. So let me know that y'all niggas knew, and you protected it for the quote-unquote greater good of the movement. But at the same time, it's like, I wonder how many black women are sitting behind these great black men as martyrs and dying slowly because they're being disrespected. And I look at it, and this is, this is, where, this is where we're going to get to argue. Because it was like, the glee in which I saw people kind of discuss his infidelities or his, his faults, like, like, with happiness was what fucked with me. Like, no, I get it. The fact that, like, no man is perfect. No man is perfect. I'm a, and my religion precludes that. Like, no man is perfect. The only man perfect is God. That's my religion. But the glee that I saw when discussing how this invalidated everything that he did. I, I won't say it invalidates it, but it definitely gives me, I look at him and through a different gaze. And I think a lot of it is more through, we have a way of holding our black leaders in this light as if they're a deity. And they are not. They are human. And he's human. So for me, it gave him like more, it made me look at him as more of a, as a man instead of like this, this figure. You know what I mean? Because he, even in our history books, they paint our leaders up as like these, these. They paint only Martin up. They don't paint Malcolm like that. They, they, paint they Because Malcolm, the crazy thing is that in the beginning, if you really look at the text and you look at the speeches mm-hmm. and you look at the change, Malcolm and Mountain, Mountain and Malcolm had the same goals, different approaches. Right. And Martin, at the end of his his life. Uh, his life and legacy, he started to see things like maybe segregation was a bad idea. A desegregation was a bad idea. And, and that's what Malcolm X had been preaching the entire time. We don't need these white folk shit. We need a seat at the table. And, and, and that and, was the and, difference and, in and, argument. And, and the fucked up thing was they had started to get towards a middle ground because before Malcolm died, he was starting to, he, he had left the Nation of Islam. He had left Elijah Muhammad because he was like, okay, y'all little... This is rad- This is way y'all too... Y'all a little too radical for me, which was Martin's entire point. was like, y'all... Li-. So, it, there's some tragic irony in that before... These two men could really sit down together. And, like, really, really, like, chop it up that, that, that their lives were taken from them. And... And, and, and it... I, I, not to get on this whole conspiracy theory, because we know the rabbit holes that I'm capable of going down, but I feel like that's when their lives ended. When they started realizing, when they started to realize that there was flaws in both of their messages, and the fact that they were both right at different gazes and different angles, and the, the moment their messages started to merge, especially at the end of Martin Luther King's life, is when we lost both our leaders. Because who knows? You could, we could only imagine the the power if if they were able to right. kind of like metaphorically shake hands and build a bridge and combine. Right. We can only we can only imagine, and so but like going back to the point, like understand man has flaws, man has flaws, but it's like people are happy to dig up the dirt or happy to spread the unfounded. Like he was having orgies with white women, y'all. Like okay, and you know what's crazy? I've slept with a white man or two in my day too. That doesn't mean that the work that I put in is invalid. I think it's the how and the person and the reason and the message and the fact that he's a married man. And there are a bunch of different compounded things that make this more egregious 
But I think also it's because we've we've created like this. I'm trying to find my word for it, but we've we've put him on the him and his legacy on you, such a you, pedestal. You build him up just to break him down, right? And so I look at it like because I don't even look at it as super egregious because I'm like if we, if we, if we break it down in 1963, there's no planes, so it's not like he can get he in 1960 there was no planes for real. So it's not like he can get from one place to another. He he can't bring Coretta on the road with him everywhere it goes, and he can't he goes weeks at a time without seeing his wife because of just bus travel and car travel all throughout the fucking country. Secondly, and with someone who who has a, who his closest advisors have said like, yeah, he had a weakness. He he had, he had a weakness for women. When I can't see my wife for weeks upon end, I'm stressed the fuck out. Because of all the things that I'm doing. But when, when he died, they did the autopsy. And they said Dr. King was 39 with a heart of a 60-year-old man. Because of all the stress that leading the civil rights movement for 13 years had put him under. They said he had a heart of someone damn near twice his age. When I put those two things together, I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right at all. Because we all know how I feel about black men achieving. I'm not saying it's right. But it's like, okay. <coughs> I can see that. I could see how he would get caught slipping. He'd be weak. He would, he would, he would, he would, he would fall to those quote unquote temptations that he fought so hard against. Right. Because, but I think for me, again, <coughs> it's not for me. It's not about him and his vices, or because I think women are a vice. If you're a married man or you're in a committed relationship, <coughs> and your vice is women, like okay, at least it's not crack. It could be worse. So your vice is women, and I, I listen. That has no greater sin. So who am I to say that, you know, your addiction to women can be as strong as crack? Some of us are addicted to love. Some of us are addicted to shopping. Some of us are addicted to attention. Whatever your vice or your affliction is, like, it's yours to manage. And you are responsible for that. So my focus isn't so much on Dr. King and his vice with women and infidelity. My soul is on the impact it had on Coretta. Because like you said, she's at home. She knows what time it is. She's not stupid. I don't take Coretta. I don't think black women who have who are the the women behind these leaders are by any long shot or stretch of the imagination is dumb. They ain't dummies. But I also think about the impact his infidelities had on her mental health, on her self-esteem, on the way that her community viewed her. Because if she knew about it and he's not alone, he can't travel by himself. He's not in these rooms by himself. The people around her who knew her, who also knew him, felt about her. How do you not, and we're talking about 1960s. These aren't women's rights. We're, women didn't have that. Part of the reason he was probably able to kind of like. Vanessa, it's yeah. because women did not have the rights that we have right now. Women, women get, in 2019, if a woman gets cheated on, she's encouraged to cheat back. In 1963, I doubt that's the case. And plus, we, talk, we talked about, um, we mentioned this a couple episodes ago about the respect factor. Right. And like how when people talked about when Kodak said something about Lauren London, niggas came out of his neck. Could you imagine in in the nineteen sixties? Coretta speaking out against Martin Luther King. Or anyone trying to like or, or Coretta trying to revenge cheat on Dr. King. Bro, she would have got not like the slander would have been crazy. She might have died. If right. we keep it in the butt. Because people corrected people love Coretta Scott King, honestly, for her proximity to Martin, the time of man Martin Luther King and, went, and, and and kind of how she moved and how she held it down after his death after right. she she kept the marathon going she kept the marathon continues like and she, so think about this your man is Martin Luther King Jr. the Reverend 
Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Probably, probably the most recognizable black face in America. The leader on the FBI's most wanted list. He is the leader of the civil rights movement. And you are his wife. And you know the man behind the mission, right? You know him in his most intimate crevices. So you know he's cheating. You know he's not upholding his marital vows, but he's this public figure. And coming out against him tarnishes that entire thing. It puts a damper in it. No, he loses all respect, accolades, notoriety, everything that makes this thing tick. You know that if you express your pain and your hurt, that your man and the move, not even just your man, but the people who believe in him suffer, right? So you say nothing. So again, my focus is on her mental health. And then on top of that, you're raising his children. So the impact that that has on the, your ability to be an effective and loving and caring mother. And then this nigga comes home. What kind of household are you living in? So, which brings me to, again, the women, the martyrs behind the men. Like, these women are, there's, I, me in the 21st century having the big ass mouth and the self-esteem and confidence that I have. I got disrespected a couple times. It was like, I'm out. I can't imagine that being my lifestyle. But I think, um, and this is, again, if I offend you, I apologize in advance. But everybody don't get that the same leeway. Like, if Joe Smo cheats on his wife in 1963, no one gives a fuck. You know, relatively speaking. The crazy thing, if Joe Schmo cheats on his wife in the 60s and she leaves, she's stupid. People would dog her the fuck out. She would be, like, all types of undesirable. Because, because in, that, in that age, and it was cheaper to keep her. Definitely. But, but we talk about, like, so even in 2019 or, you know, whatever, Joe Schmo can't, you know... Cheat on his wife and expect that person to stay. If that person stays, it's out of fucking loyalty or stupidness, whatever you want to call it. Right. You have to be a certain caliber of person, of worker, of advocate, whatever you want to call it. You, everybody don't get that. Everybody don't even make their wife or their girlfriend have that thought because they haven't reached them levels. They haven't. You hating outside the club, you can't get in. That's why I'm so, yes, her, Coretta Scott sitting there like, damn, like, what am, what am, what am I going to do? It's fucked up. But the fact that Martin was who he was as far as, like, in the public, and not only, but he, he earned that through the works that he did. I don't take away from and his... And so that's the only reason that that is even a choice. I don't take away from the man that he is, a man that he was. How do I say this? I don't discredit the work. And, the, and the, the, the impact that his work has had on the lifestyle that I currently live. I never take away from that. But I also want to start looking at my leaders as people and not like these godly deities. Like, I know what you've produced. I don't know you as a man. And that's where I think we get into territory that we need to be careful. We need to tread lightly on. I know what Martin Luther King produced. I don't know him as intimately as his wife. But I do know that you cheated on her. You were unfaithful. So me, and the way I process things is I start to ask those questions. Like, how does the impact on who you are as a man have on your wife? The same way I feel about Warren London. Now, rumors came out that Nipsey Hussle was unfaithful to her. All right, let's just talk about that for a minute. Because first of all, this, again, this is when a death kind of illuminates and also, like, shades. Because Nipsey Hussle's profile obviously increased in his death compared to where he was in life. Right. The nature of the beast. 
Ain't no more, fa- ain't, ain't, ain't a more famous rapper than a dead rapper, unfortunately. And then people are still reeling from Mac Miller. Yeah, like so. Fast first and foremost, but secondly, let's break this down. First and foremost, Nipsey Hussle broke up with Lauren London. It literally posted like, "Hey, after four years." Yeah, know, he did. And then Lauren London literally was like, "LOL, what you doing?" Right. And we stand like we was like energy, mood, all of that. So. People knew that in his life, Nipsey and Lauren had an on-again, off-again relationship. That's, that's factual. That's factual. So, in the meantime, where does, where does one go when he breaks up with his girlfriend? Probably back to his baby mama. And it's one of those things where I think it's one of those things where people try to use it. Oh, my God, I found out the tea. No, like, the, tea, the leaves were there before he died. Like, hey, why, whatever reason they broke up, like Nipsey announced a breakup. Like, yo, like, I, I love you. I just want to raise our kid together. But, like, this relationship, like, it, it's reached its end. And then Lauren was like, <laughs> you thought, nigga? Like, yeah, I. <laughs> and, I and I felt Nipsey because I've, I've tried to break up with somebody before and they just ignored it. They just, like. I don't think I've done that. Wait, fam, I tried to break up with Shorty and Shorty was just like, no. I'm like, what do you mean, no? Like, I didn't know you could say no to this. You know, again, so, like I said, I just, I, I often think about women like that. I also think about Betty Shabazz. There were rumors about Malcolm X being allegedly bisexual. Right. I think about, did she know? How does she feel about that? Knowing who her man was in the community that she serves. How do you hold on to that and process it and keep things stable? I also think there's a, there's a perverse side of it where people are happy to find these quote-unquote chinks in the armor of black men that are, like, r- r- revered mostly. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw, like, they're happy to find this out because, because it feeds into the narrative that they want to paint about all of us. Like, and it's sickening to me because it's like, look. Nipsey- I would hate for somebody to see me as Alex and then immediately find my, like, like your goal is to find my flaw in order to discredit me. Or and that's me what it feels like. And, and that's why I, when we first brought it up, I'm like, we're going to argue. That's what it feels like. It feels like, hey, people are bigging up Nipsey Hussle a little too much or people are... People are bigging up Martin Luther King Jr. too much or Malcolm X or whatever black man. That so let's find their let's Achilles fi- ankle. Let, let's, he- let's find some shit that we can parade in these niggas' faces, these black men' faces. Like, ha, ha, here you go. And that's what fucks with me. Because it's like, my nigga, it's almost like, let us enjoy nice shit. Like, Nipsey Hussle has died two months ago. People are over here looking and, and snooping and trying to figure out like, like I wonder what he had on. Like, or e- even when he died, certain people use some of his like tweets that he had. Like, oh, the homophobe died, huh? Like that type shit. The nigga died two months ago. The killer, his alleged killer, excuse me, because I gotta be, ain't even had the trial yet, and yet we're over trying to discredit. We're trying to find things to discredit this man's legacy. Like, and- I think that, but see, for me, like I said. I can hold you, your accomplishments, and the things that you've done for my community in this different space that I hold you as a man. I know what you've produced. I know what you said. I know what you've done. I don't know the man behind the works as a person. So I think people need to understand that. Like, you as a man can be criticized and still have your work revered. 
people don't draw that line a lot. And when people don't draw that line or when people try to go in direct opposition to the people that knew him the best, that's when the best one to fuck for me. Like, Laura London, God bless her soul. Like, you know, for, for whatever ups and downs that they had in their relationship, you could tell how much Nipsey impacted her life in a positive manner. And loved her. And loved her in a positive manner. You can tell by the way she is moving after his passing. Same with every other person that Nipsey Hussle touched. You can tell how good of a person that he was to those people. If, I'm, if we're going to to those people by the way they're moving after his passing. The same can be said with Martin Luther King Jr. or Malcolm X. You By the people who are closest to them. Right. How they're moving after their passing. How 40, 50 years later, they're still making sure they hold up that man's legacy high. People don't do that for not good people. And you're absolutely right. And so that's my frustration is like, why do we have this obsession? With, and it's all going coming back to cancel culture. We even try to cancel the dead. Like, we won't let Michael Jackson rest in peace because we'll try to make another documentary trying to pull up some shit. You know, there's going to be a time where I talk about Oprah's involvement and how toxic, like, her, some of her movements hey, have been. Oprah been moving a little shaky. Oprah has been moving a little crazy well, in these streets. that's another episode. But that's a, I'm going to need an episode for that. Because her connection to Harvey Weinstein, this documentary. But she, but they didn't silently pull from every. Silently, and she's pulled her interviews from, like, the victims that she's had on, like, when the Michael Jackson case first aired, she pulled those interviews from the people, the victims that, the alleged victims of Michael Jackson's abuse. Like, and then her connection to Harvey Weinstein and how she has not publicly said anything, currently still I mean, even, seen with him publicly. I mean, like, even the issues that she's had with Monique, and at this point, I mean, Monique. Monique's looking a little valid. Like, but see, the a couple years ago, you could just finesse, oh, that's Monique. But Monique, hey, she came with receipts. Because now Steve Harvey's losing his accreditations and shows. I think, it, it must be, there's a couple things with Steve Harvey. And this is a quick sidebar. Either that scandal that's coming out about him is major, or he got too expensive for everybody because he realized his worth. Yeah, and but Majorie Harvey, listen, you know how shit's roll. Her and her daughter, we need to check. Okay, Majorie Harvey finna move on to her next drug dealer because <laughs> King Penn. Sis needs her checks on time. So I don't know, man. Like I hope, I hope Steve, Bobby, Steve Harvey, all right. And speaking of people looking a little shaky in the light, all right, I'm gonna talk about it because I, okay. Because you wanted to stress me out with the Nipsey and Martin Luther King, now it's your turn, sis. Because my blood pressure. When you sent me this article, I was like, bitch, you've got me fucked up. All right, so the Showtime, the Showtime, Showtime's the shy. Showtime's the shy. Has a series out. And honestly, the shy was wonderful. I and watched I w- season one and, and I was hooked. Man, and the only reason I didn't wasn't fully caught up on season two was because of Game of Thrones. Right. And I was literally like, okay, once Game of Thrones is over, I'm gonna hit the little binge um, and then to catch up on the shot. And then this shit came out. And then so we have Lena Wave. So Jason Mitchell was actually asked to leave the show because due to allegations of sexual misconduct. And not only was asked to leave the show, he was dropped by both his production agencies as well, and was immediately removed um, for allegations of sexual misconduct, not only with his uh, on-screen girlfriend. What's her name? Uh, his on-screen girlfriend. I'm going to pull it up. Yeah, because we want to make sure we say it right. With his on-screen girlfriend. Girl who plays Jericho on the show. Um, what's her name? 
Uh, pulling it up, pulling it up, pulling we're it up. We're doing it live. Fuck you. I know. I Because I want to make sure I give, I give her her proper, like, cover. Tiffany Boone. So, accused of sexually mis- misconduct with Tif- Tiffany Boone to the point where Tiffany Boone's real-life fiance had a pull-up on set while she was working. So, first and foremost, before anything else, we hope that Tiffany is okay, that she's being covered in love and acceptance because I can only imagine how stressful it may be to not only be a, a alleged victim of sexual harassment, but also to kind of be blamed in some aspect for the show, go, right. you know, and, and then a, the career and all of that. So, right. so then, prayers and blessings to you. So then Tiffany Boone, and then there was another woman who's actually the, sec- the show's second season showrunner, Ayana, excuse me, Ayana Floyd, are the women at the heart of the allegations against Mitchell. Um, so yeah, Boone's fiance had to pull up, um, who is Jerica, um, they said Mitchell has been known to be trash. Like he's been on Bull since the first season. Right? And like, and and, and 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 I think honestly, and this is not an excuse, but I think honestly, he's one of those celebrities that I hoped like goes to like rehab because even after straight out of Compton, because that's where that's his big that was his big break. He's had some like not breakdowns, but had some like kind of just acting out like some blow ups as far as like just in general with like. People on planes, like he tried to get into first class when he wasn't first class, that type shit. So I think I think some of the fame is starting to get to his head. I, th- I think I think, uh, but I also think he was a little bit fucked up before he even got to fame, and then it just extrapolated. And then they cut a check. So then, where Lena Race is the showrunner, she's a producer for. And she's one of the executive executive producers for the shot, and it's alleged that she was she knew about the sexual misconduct that was going on. And played a blind eye to it until it got loud, until it got noisy, and then she couldn't ignore it anymore. Something had to be done. Because, again, Brandon, uh, Jason Mitchell's character, is integral. He's he's the lead. He's the lead of the shot. He's integral to a lot of the storylines. So, probably she's like, damn, like, it's hard to really write this nigga out of a a show because he's literally the lead character. Um, He's the protagonist in a lot of it. Show's doing good. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to see if we can keep them separate. Move their dressing rooms. It's alleged that she knew more than she took action. And she on. tried to do action behind the scenes to kind of minimize their time on screen together. Because I remember there was a point in season one where she they broke up, so they weren't even shooting scenes together. Because again, I watched I watched the show, yeah. so I do see. And then I watched the first episode of season one and their interact their chemistry that they had in season well, one in season two season it was off completely off so i'm like yeah nigga something was fucking happening what i'm gonna say real quick is that i'm a huge fan of lena waif and her work um i was introduced to lena waif was when she was doing um what was it none oh my god with Aziz Ansari, his uh, show. Master, Master of, of None. none. Master of She's doing Master of None with Aziz Ansari. And her Thanksgiving episode was when she came out. And so um, when she came out, and I identified with that. Because, again, haven't had that formal conversation with my parents. Also something I can relate to. So I became a fan of her work then. Right. So for me to see somebody I'm a fan of, knowing the climate that we live in, knowing that you are also part of a protected class of people, not being a black woman, and on top of that, subscribing to the LBGTQAAP community. God damn, it's a lot of letters. It is. LBGTQ+. Okay. LGBTQ+. Is that, is that, is that, that's also acceptable? Yes. Okay, cool. Because um, that's a tongue twister, and I don't want to fuck it up. So. so it's 
um, being a part of three different types of class of people that deserve extra protections, have yeah. extra protections, and not understanding the role that you need to play and the protecting. You're also, and also a vocal, a vocal um, proponent of the Times Up movement and the, and the hashtag Me Too movement that that swept through Hollywood last year, right? And not doing and hearing that you allegedly allegedly did not do your due diligence in protecting another black woman. Two other black women in this instance is disappointing. And you know what fucked me up? And mind you, she went to the breakfast club to defend her case. And she did that on purpose. Cause she knew. She knew that Angela Yee, Charlemagne, and the JMV ain't going to press her on None nothing. of them have the range to have these kind of conversations. The exact same way when um, presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren went to go sit on the breakfast club. I was like, now, sis Liz. Come on now. No, now but, that, but that's not, that's, I'm not blaming her. I'm blaming her people because. Why are we letting these people have these conversations? It comes across as pandering because real niggas know that the Breakfast Club is a bunch of Tom fucking foolery. Y'all not getting to the nitty, y'all not asking the questions we want to know. Where, where, where should they go? And that's the other problem I'm having. Where is a good black platform for people to ask these questions? Because I, honestly, I'm not, I'm, I haven't listened to the Breakfast Club in over a year because they be on bullshit. And because, honestly, I have no respect for none of the hosts. None of them. None of them. Angela Yee, especially. Man, she made fun of that nigga the baby getting child molested. <laughs> oh, no. My respect was lost for her when she had Janet Mock on one week and then two weeks later allowed Lil Duval to basically threaten this woman's life. Like, I'm done. But, 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 but the, so the question is, like, where do... Cause listen, I mean, we we ain't up there yet, but we'll accept it. We'll accept it. if y'all want to pull listen, up. Lean away from to pull up, and I can we can start getting into these questions because it looks again funny in the light. And I'm praying to sweet baby, sweet baby Ray Jesus, that. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I just fought over Jesus with some bar- with some sandals and some barbecue sauce, and I lost it. Continue. I'm praying that these are allegations, and there isn't truth or substance behind this. But if there is truth or something behind this, sis, you wrong. I, I put it like this. The only way that Lena Waithe is in the clear is if somehow that nigga didn't do none of it. Because if that nigga did what he is alleged to do, ain't no way she ain't know. And allowed it. And, and, and that's the part that's going to really, really fuck with me. That's, that's going to fuck with me. See, is because world I, we I understand in? that there's a lot that we can and can't do, but protecting our fellow black women is something you go out of your fucking way to do. And, and fuck you, Jason Mitchell. First and foremost, if you did this alleged shit, fuck you. Because I'm mad. Because first of all, that nigga was one of my favorite actors. I loved every every movie that he did. I loved him in it. Every show, I loved him in it. But it's like, damn, you can't keep your hands to yourself. You fucking pervert. I digress. We got questions. Back Sola. Um, we do have a question of the dirt, brr, 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 brr. and y'all responses were so fucking y'all funny. Y'all niggas are trash. So y'all responses were so fucking funny. So um, for the question of the day, anybody who wants to participate, you're more than welcome to drop a question. If you see the question, you're more than wel- welcome to email us. As always, post it on Instagram. We should start posting it on Twitter because that thread would be hilarious. Uh, yeah, I need to start doing that. We need um, to start doing that. But, we um, should start doing that. So the question of the day is, how long is it appropriate to wait from, from after your, a breakup, after a breakup, to enter to another relationship, and I think you asked. I think your people understood this more, just dating and out there fucking, while my people were talking about like serious actual relationships. So the general, so the general consensus, um, 
So the first person, my, my nigga asked, uh, the first person to answer said it took him six months. So I set that as the over-under. So I was like, after getting out of a relationship, are you taking less than six months to get over them? 32% of the answers said yes. 68% said no. So 68% of the people in my Instagram DMs are taking more than six months to get back out there seriously. So my question, yeah, let me read my question specifically. Because the way I asked it was, how soon after a breakup do you start dating again? And the dating a serious relationship. It's a little different. Yeah. So I had people, so some of the answers were educated. (laughs) Some Um, weren't. Some weren't as fuck. Like, I had one person say, I'm texting Nunu as soon as I turn around and walk away. (laughs) I'm like, Jesus Christ. Another person said, immediately, I'm not about to cut off my dick supply because you wasn't trying to give it no more. Fair. Um, another person, uh, depends on how I felt about the previous person. Fair. I get that. Um, one person said they waited a year. Good for you, sis. That must have been a serious relationship. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think, I, I think so. A lot of them, a lot of mine say like a year or so, or, you know, depends for a serious relationship. But also the, the context was, oh, I'm going to be fucking before that. <laughs> I was like, y'all try. Another person says right before the breakup, backup niggas are important to have. Listen, boys are like buses. And then um, shout out to one of my niggas who said, depends on if you had a bench player putting up starting numbers. Jesus Christ. <laughs> sometimes you got to sometimes you gotta bring the sixth man up when the starter fucking up. Some... Listen, like I'm Lou Will. Sixth man like Lou Will, and they get along <laughs> like, like I'm a... Lou Will. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, thank you for that. I've been but, Lou Will. But what about you? What's your personal answer to, to, to our questions? Because, you know, we got to bring in our own. You know? Um, honestly, it's a mixture. I, I've been, I've dated. So since my last breakup, I, I've, I dated. Mm-hmm. But, like, seriously dating, I waited some time. And I honestly don't think I'm going to seriously, I'm still not ready to seriously date. Like, I'm not doing that. Casually date, friends, things, sort of thing. Like, see you when I see you. A hookup here and there. What you doing? Text messages? What are you doing? I'm mostly drunk. Let me taste your text messages. You know, I'm cool with that. Um, Also, I think I'm going to be chill on dating men for a while. Um, There's actually a young woman I've been seeing. So, we'll see. We'll talk off air. Because this is news to me, but we'll talk off air. We'll see what happens. Um, Secondly, who for me? I haven't been in a committed relationship in years, like five years, like a committed titles are placed five years. Now, situationships, I've been in plenty of those because, you know, I'm situ- honestly, situationships are the wave. I'm, I'm, si- I'm situationship poppy. I ain't gonna hold you. Is everybody keeps their feelings in check. And how you keep a situationship in check is you're supposed to be dating other people. There's no way that I'm in a situation with you and I'm not still entertaining other people. The only way Big I facts. stop entertaining other people is if you and I have decided to be exclusive. Big facts. That's Big facts. Um, but yeah, I'm a situation shit hobby. <laughs> Listen, I get, I get into them. There's a couple year-long joints <laughs> in my ledger. Uh, shout out to y'all. Still love y'all. Um, Call me. They listen to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, but, like... I'm also a believer that the quickest way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else. Yikes. And so I feel like, and I'm also a huge believer out of sight, out of mind. Like if I, if I break up with you, even because shout out to everybody who's broken up with a situation before and, it, and them breakups hurt. 
Those breakups definitely. Them breakups hurt. hurt. So like you got to break up with somebody who's not yours. And then, I still miss my situation ship. Actually, and, and, you know the fucked up thing is when you break up with, a, with, with when you break up with a situation ship, then then your other girl's like, hey, what's wrong? And you can't tell her. Can't tell you. <laughs> you can't why. tell her. You just mad. <laughs> you just like mm. had a long day at work, babe. <laughs> like, These bitches got me fucked up. Like meanwhile, you're just like, I miss, I miss her. But the crazy thing is, we clowned about it this weekend. I definitely miss that situation ship. <laughs> no comment. No. <laughs> Oh, rides to King's Landing. <laughs> fucking facts. I'm Cersei, you know. I'm Cersei sipping a while. We got dealing with the night of the dead. Fuck I'm you. I'm definitely riding to King's Landing. Um, but no, I I believe in out of sight, out of mind. So if I if I not fuck with you no more, blocked, deleted, muted, all that, because I need not to see you. But if I don't see you, I can get over you quicker. You know what's crazy is it sucks when like you're mutual friends with your situation shit because. My niggas troll me about this shit, and it's like, bro, oh, no. I was chilling, fam. You, you, fam, the worst thing you see, you, you see your situation ship, Kiki, Kia with, with your friends. You're like, bitch, I introduced you to them. They're my <laughs> niggas. Give my fucking friends back. That is the fucking worst. Listen, don't be Kiki in it with my fucking friends, bitch. Those are my fucking friends. I introduced you to them niggas when we broke up. I took them niggas in the divorce. These are my friends. That's why I can't tell y'all. That's why I try to tell y'all my situation. I only try to tell you when to become an op. Because, like, I don't want you to be cool, and then I tell you that they the op, because then you'll be like, I like her. But, I would slit that bitch. What do you mean? But, Listen, my loyalties when it comes to breakups run thick. If you're my nigga, and I just so happen to get close with your girl and the duration of y'all relationship, I'm not going to diss her, but we're not going to be as close as we were when y'all were together. But I also need to know that, like, if I tell you she an op, she an op. Oh, if you tell me she the ops, I'm going to stop speaking to her. There's so, no way. Hey, we're cool. Like, I don't have no beef with you, but you and my mans did not end on proper terms. So You the ops. And so, yeah, yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. And the best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else. But you do it responsibly. Tell people up front, like, look, just got out some. Nah, look, I'm, not, I'm not, not necessarily looking for some serious right now. Oh, I definitely. I've been real about that. <laughs> but, like, but, 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 I'm try, right but I'm now. trying to see what that mouth do. <laughs> You, you gonna toot it up or not, nah, sis? <laughs> you can suck my dick though. <laughs> if that's cool with you. No, no, no. I don't want no. What is it? You, you, you can suck my dick though. <laughs> if that's cool. But yeah, so um, but yeah, so the end of Walker, Texas Ranger was wild. <laughs> that nigga baby is wild, so. But yeah, so long story short, obviously it depends on it depends on feelings, but I think I saw somebody who gave me an equation that made sense. It was like however long you dated this person, take half of that to get over it. So if you dated, if you, if you, as far as like serious relationships, so if you dated a nigga for a year, take six months. You dated somebody for four years, take two years. Take yeah. two years. That math actually does add up. Yeah, I was like, I started doing a do, do X plus Y. You know, I was like, okay, I can fuck with this because the equation makes sense. Because if you if you date somebody six months, bitch, get your summer off and then get then get going. Oh, I'm not committing to anything until after homecoming season. City boy, summer night. I ain't doing it. I told y'all this summer, my kings. We are not letting someone's nappy-headed daughter stress us out. Ladies, if his beard don't, can't connect, neither can we. I'm so sorry. I don't have time for it. If his beard don't connect, we can't either. Uh-uh. Yes, and one final thing before we get out of here, kings. If she don't, <laughs> if she don't have the thing she's asking of you. We are leaving her on red. All 2019. Ladies, we are not going out with men simply because we are hungry and bored. That is how you end up with your feelings hurt. We ain't doing that. Go secure a bag. We're securing our bags this summer. 
We're and, securing our lace fronts and our edges. I was about to say, and your wigs, because it get windy in the summer. Some of y'all, windy, it gets hot. <laughs> we gonna upgrade our glue. Some of y'all wigs be leaning Some like ti hats. Some of us are gonna cut it all off. Don't do that. <laughs> Show who the lead. Get it right. Two set. Watch the show. All right. And if you feel offended, get a better wig. <laughs> I know a couple stylists. We'll get you together. We'll make it work. But no, gentlemen, also, listen, I'm still in do-rags this summer. No, the I'm fuck not you, you not. Okay? No, the fuck you not. Listen, if our do-rags can't coordinate, I don't want them. You not get your own. If our do-rags don't coordinate, I don't want them. All right, you can only, okay, you can only pick one. You can even still do rag, but you can still sweatshirts. You can't get both. Both of them. Fuck you. And we're going to coordinate accordingly. Fuck you, no. Protect your, protect your do rag, protect your sweatshirts, protect your hearts with summer kings. Don't let nobody's nappy-headed daughter stress you out until after homecoming season. You hear me? All right, so I'm signing out. I'm tired. We are out Bye. again. Appreciate you guys always. Um, hashtag shoot your shot pod. Hashtag potting. All of our information is in the bios and the description. Peace, love, and blessings. We are so signing out.